I'll buy Chinese pizza. Right now. I mean, who doesn't like pizza? You need to go eat it. I actually, that's all I wanted last night. Anytime I'm trying to eat healthy at all, then, and I can eat it anytime I want, right? Yeah. It's free, no big deal. And yet, every time I try to diet or try to eat healthy, I'm like, I just want pizza. Because it's, okay, somebody once explained pizza to me like this. It has all of the food groups. Oh, by the way. All of them. I saw a thing on Facebook the other day, and I totally believe it, because everything's true on Facebook. And it said... 100% true. Pizza, nutritionists say pizza is a healthier breakfast than cereal. And I agree 100%. I don't know if I believe that. Yeah. Because I love cereal. You love cereal, but it's not good for you. (laughs) It's not. It's horrible. It's dessert. Everyone's hungry the second you're done eating it. It's true. Cereal is empty calories. Pizza, however, not empty calories. Calories. And it's delicious. Parents happy, kids happy. Go buy yourself some pizza. That's right. (laughs) Use, if you're going to buy Tenny's pizza, which is the best version of pizza, you're going to use the code podcast in the app and you get a specialty pizza for the price of a non-specialty pizza, which is a slamming deal. So be sure to check that out. Give us some credit. Support our sponsor. Can't thank them enough. And ask for Tenny style. Oh, yeah. Because that's my favorite. That's what I get. They always hate when I order because I always order tennis, everything in like tennis style. Do that tennis style. Anyways, if you don't know what that is. If you don't know what it is, you need to try it. It makes it extra delicious. Yes. That's all you need to super know. Super good. Fantastic. Tennis pizza. Do it up. This week, we're talking parentals. Parenting. How to be a not shitty parent. <laughs> I'm still. <laughs> so we're going to just get this out of the way. That is an impossible standard. The only thing, and I tell this all the time to uh, my um, clientele, there are a couple things that are um, for sure's in life. One of them is if you have children, you are going to do something to mess them up. Yes. It's just kind of how it goes. So lower your standards, people. Because I agree. That's rule one. But we were about to start, and I was like, stop talking. We're saving this for the podcast. What were you going to say? <laughs> I was going to say, this This podcast makes me a little uncomfortable because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> like, I, I have great kids, but I swear to you, they were born that way. They came great. Like, I didn't do shit. Because <laughs> here's the thing. They start out little, and I thought I was like the best mom ever, Right. Brevin and Hallie, and I've got these two little ones, pretty obedient. Brevin's like was like the sweetest little kid, so I thought I was I thought it was awesome. And then I started having more, and then I started to realize the more kids I had and the older they got, that I had no idea what I was doing, and it was just like this guessing game all the time. I knew the things my parents did that I didn't like, and I tried to avoid those. But then, other than that, I was like, freak, I don't know. And our kids are growing up different. Then we grew up. So that's a whole different story, too. Right. And here's it's the another thing. world now. Kevin and I were talking about this today. So people our age. Okay, so like when we were growing up, it was always, our parents would always say, well, when I was your age, I didn't have this and this and this. Right? Yeah. Walked, and now we do the same thing to our kids. Totally. It's like, well, when I was your age, I was out riding bikes and playing baseball and I never stopped moving. I was so active. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> And But now all the kids, they just play video games all the time, and they're on their phones all the time. Yeah, and so are you. Right. The, I think the thing that parents refuse to accept is the fact that they are not their children, and we have to let go of this idea that living through my kids is a thing. Yes. Start there. Your kids are going to fail, and they must fail. They need to fail, and they need to learn from their failures. If and we, they're going to grow up in yeah. a different world than we did. And that's okay. That yeah. doesn't mean it's a worse world. It's like every time I hear people talk about millennials, mm. it's like a negative con- yeah. like connotation, right? Or whatever you call connotation. it. Connotation. Yeah, yeah. Connotation. And it's, I don't believe that. Mm. I actually look at my kids and it's like, are they a little more entitled than I was? Yeah, they were. Like, we didn't have as much. Mm-hmm. But they are so awesome, too. Yeah, they're like, pretty amazing. They're brilliant. They can take any computer, any phone, any electronic and work it like my five-year-old knows how to work everything better than me. Yeah, it's true. It's amazing. Because it, it, it's, it's a different generation. You look back at our parents and how they looked at us, how people looked at our parents. I mean, like hippies. 
Everybody thought the hippies, right? And this is the baby boomer golden generation. Yep. They looked at the hippies like they were crazy people. <laughs> yeah. 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 And that's that's the greatest generation, I guess, is what it's called. Well, right? It's, it's it's crazy. So these kids are growing up. They they want to know everything, and I f- I find that fascinating. I grew up in an age where my parents told me what to do, and they if I always if I asked why, it was because I'm your dad. Because I said, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and these kids are growing up in a whole different whole era generation. where it's like, I don't, if I don't have a reason, they'll Google it. Well, <laughs> let me tell you the reason, because I just Googled it and this is what it told me. Exactly. Like, it's awesome. It is the information age is good. We just need to embrace it a little bit more, I think. Yeah, definitely. And not only do we need to embrace it, we need to stop pretending that we can understand it. Yes. Because we can't. We're not going to get these kids. That's okay. We just need to love them. So there's your foundation, people. Yes. So we're going to dive right in. We had some questions today. And the first one's from Robbie Law. And he asks, he'd love to hear our take on electronics. How much should our kids use them? How much should we parent, rely them? You know, we rely on them as a babysitter, right? He says, I hate electronics, but I also understand they're here to stay. So I have a feeling Matt and I are going to have a little bit of a difference in opinion on this, and that's okay. He is the therapist. I, I'm, but I'm not a therapist. I'm just me. I'm just so a not my professional opinion. <laughs> right? This is this is survival mode parenting, right? This is my I'm a professional, but I'm not a professional. Well, I was gonna on the say podcast. too, like people listening, yeah. these are our thoughts. This is what we this think. This isn't exactly. gospel. This no. is just our thoughts, what yeah. we've done, what we've we seen. We may help you screw up your kids worse. Yeah. So take our 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 thoughts with a grain of salt. You'll love it. So here's my thought on electronics. I want to hear what you got to say. So I used to be super paranoid, okay? When uh, I I used to fight with my kids like crazy. So I've got kids. My son turns 19 in a week, and my youngest is five. So I've got kids all in that, between that range. And I have fought with my boys over Xbox since they were babies. I have fought with my husband over Xbox since we've been married. Since he was a baby. Yes. (laughs) And there's one thing I've that's worked for us for now, and it may not work forever. And I quit putting so many limits on everything. Right. I quit having so many rules. It was like, instead of putting a time limit on, okay, you can play Xbox for two hours, and that's it. It's like, okay, in the summer, or in the wintertime when there's nothing else to do, and the inversion's going on, or it's snowing. Like, come on. Yeah, lay off. So I started just adding a few more activities to their life. You know, they got, my boys got really into swim. My girls got really into dance. Makes sense. They just got active. And so there's no limit, but it does limit it a little bit because they have practice. So there's just only so much time that they have in a day. I actually like that. What I hear you saying is uh, diversify. Mm -hmm. If your kids have one thing to do, they're going to do one thing. If you give your kids many different options of things to do, they're going to choose from many different options. There might be options that you need to steer them towards because that's your job as a parent is realize, okay, I'm trying to teach my kids the principle of, we'll just start with a basic principle, um, responsibility. Because we want kids to be responsible. We want kids to be able to follow through on doing what they're told. There are many ways to teach a child responsibility. Maybe teaching them responsibility is giving them a long rope when it comes to video games because they can learn what is effective and what is ineffective through trial and error and guess what relatively low consequences however as we've seen um as of late you know if you guys have been on facebook lately this whole um it's it's like blowing up with kids youtube youtube kids and how parents have been way too lenient with YouTube kids and kids. There's, there's YouTube videos on this. There's Ted talks on this. Basically YouTube kids is not a safe haven. YouTube kids doesn't mean you can put your kids on your phone and leave them unsupervised for hours at a time. That's not the role of YouTube kids. I kind of do that. Well, well, (laughs) because here's what happens, right? Okay. If we don't have the proper oversight with our kids, they are not going to be able to govern themselves depending on their age, right? So let's say I have a two-year-old little kid and I just hand him a phone and I say, 
go to town for hours at a time. That's different than a 16-year-old who can govern his own Xbox time or 15 or 14-year-old. You, you have to decide what works for you and what principle you're trying to teach your kid as you do these certain things. So the big thing with YouTube Kids right now is there's material on there teaching kids how to, um, well, a couple of things. One was die, take your own life, die by suicide. Uh, another one was there was these creepy messages like telling kids to kill themselves. And we just have to take a step back, right? Creepy. Holy shit, I didn't know this. Yeah. We just have to take a step back and realize like, okay, if I don't do my parenting, who's going to? And I have to decide what my limits are with my children, not for my children, based in values and principles, if that makes sense. Do you- no, I like that. I think because I've, I've kind of gone both ways, and especially with like you got cell phones, right? All my kids have cell phones. And I fought it and fought it, and it's been a hassle, but... I listen. I love Gary Vee. I think I, I enjoy what he has to say and I think he's really smart. And one thing he said is cell phones are the way of life. Mm-hmm. They, our kids are going to have cell phones. If they don't, their friends do. If you think you're right. hiding this from your children, you're not. Not only is it their way of life, but it also, it, it's a, there is good to it. They need to learn it because it's not, it's not leaving. No. So I kind of went, like, okay. And another thing is too, okay. So say you don't give your kid a cell phone. Say I had someone, cause I really love when people get on social media and tell everyone else how to parent. It's my favorite. That's the, that's a national pastime. Yeah. Hence this so entire podcast. It's, it's a little frustrating. Well, they love to tell what they do and that it's the only, this is Gospel. the way yeah. it's like, no, there's so many ways. This right. is just my thought. So anyways, this person got on and said that they won't give their kids social media or anything till they're 18. Okay. So I look at that and say, I understand why you would do that because there is a lot of negative social media, but first off, so you're going to give it to an 18. You don't think they're going to go buck wild mm-hmm. and be like, hi, I have a phone. No, right. Right. now I'm going to be obsessed. I'm going to plan all the time. And it's constant. They need to learn how to control it. They need to learn how to mediate, right? Yes. Responsibility. Exactly. And then two, you don't think they're looking at it? Come on. Yeah, they find Kids ways. Kids are so smart and all their friends have phones. So if you think you're keeping them from something, you're not. The best parenting is up close parenting where you are const- having these constant touch points with your kids throughout their life where you're putting in time with your children. And so you have these open conversations with them about what is going on in their life because they're going to be candid with you if you are candid with them. If you put in the time ahead of time, you can you can let the leash long. You can give your kids a lot of rope. Yeah. And you can pull it back in when you need to as long as we have these frequent touch points. And that's, and that's what thing. I think you guys do actually really well, but and I admire I, that about one you. One thing I would say that we need to work on is I do understand it's kind of like you're saying about YouTube, for instance, okay? Mm-hmm. So YouTube kids, my five-year-old, he does. I go to work for a couple hours. Like I have to work a, at least a couple hours every day. And he does. It's like a kind of a free reign. He loves it because it's his free reign on the iPad or whatever. Right. Now, I, I probably, I didn't know that kind of stuff. So I do need to be more aware of what he's watching and not be like, here you go. Peace out. I got stuff to do. But that doesn't mean I'm going to not let him watch it. I'm just going to be a little more in control of what's on there. Yeah, cognizant, which makes and sense. And then when we're done working every day, me and him go home, or if we're home, because I worked at home, we read books, we play. I try to have it just split up. And it's not like, you have to get off. You've been on it for two hours, two three hours. Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, let's go do a puzzle. Let's go do this. And just have a break. So even with him, I don't give him a time limit at all. It's just like, hey, you kind of been on it for a while. Let's go do something else for a little bit. And, and you're then, there enough to know yeah. when that is. That's awesome. And then it's not a constant fight. Exactly. Because I feel like you start putting these l- time limits and they, in their little heads, it like freaks them out. Like, oh my gosh, you're only going to be one hour. When if you're, you don't say that, but that's how you kind of work the day. Mm-hmm. It's fine. You don't have to fight with them. I love it. I think um, one of the things that helps with, with parent and there's a lot of questions on here about like, what do I do in this specific situation? What do I do in this specific situation? A key thing that is extremely crucial in parenting is the power of the choice. You can, 
it's along the same lines of what you're saying. You can not trick, but kind yeah. of trick your Manipulate kid. Manipulate it a little bit. You can by giving them two options. Options are fantastic because there's this illusion of control and power for your kids. So if you're coming straight at your kid and say, no, you can't do this or do this thing, right? One of the ma- uh, that came up a bunch of times is, um, we got on here, at what age do you recommend giving kids a simple chore list? Chores came up here several times. I had a question from one of my clients today. Chores, about, honestly? Yeah. When they can start to walk and move and do things, chores is where give them at. a chore. And the thing is, the reason- love it. The reason why kids don't like doing chores is because parents mandate these chores. Why not create the chore list with your kid and give him the option of what he wants to do? Obviously, that's not always doable, but if you give your kid the option of cleaning the toilet on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, guess what? He's still going to clean the toilet if you're a consistent parent and he feels like he has some say in the matter. That makes your life a bajillion times easier. So that's kind or of the principle behind a lot of, of these chores. things. Like we actually have sat down with our kids and said, like, here's the things that have to get done in our house. Which one would you choose to do? Mm-hmm. Love it. And it's worked. Like, because they do, they, I mean, there are sometimes they're like, well, I want to do that. No, I want to do that. But overall, they come to like this conclusion of, okay, yeah, I'd rather do, I'd rather clean up dog poo than clean, do the dishwasher every day. And that's, so they've, kind of figured it out themselves and do I start to stay on top of it? Yeah. It's not, that's not fun. Well, but. that's the point. And, and you're as a parent, we're not the warden. However, we are on a team and teams have coaches. Yeah. And that's our role as parents is we're the coaches. Cheering is a huge part of coaching. Yeah. No, I like that. And, and my job as when kids get done, is it to go over to the, the toilet or the dog poo and be like, Oh, you missed a spot. You missed a spot. It's to start. And notice the effort. That's step one. Notice and recognize effort. Step two is focus on principles when correcting. If I can focus on a principle when correcting, I'm going to have a conversation, have a dialogue about something. It takes a few more seconds and it's much more effective. What that looks like is, we'll take dog poo for example, because this is a regular thing (laughs) in my home. Kids go outside clean up the dog poo. They come in. It's all done. First question out of my mouth is what? Is it really all done? Did you get it all? Because that was like two minutes and I know how long it takes to clean up dog poo. For sure it's not done. And I know it's not done. And I could jump down their throat and be like, there's no way it's done. Get your butt back out there. Finish cleaning up the dog poo. What's the response going to be from that? Crying. Crying, resistance, (laughs) pissed offness. (laughs) Completely unhelpful. So instead, I walk outside with them. I walk around the yard and I say, hey, bud. What are we trying to accomplish here? Clean up the dog poo. No. We're trying to take care of our stuff. We're trying to take care of our animals. Something that we do in life is we keep things clean. We try to keep the house clean, try to keep the backyard clean. That's what we're doing. This is about cleanliness, not about dog crap. And you say that enough times and it clicks and the arguments really, really disintegrate because they understand that Our family tries to be as clean as possible because that's important. Now I'm teaching. Now I'm parenting rather than mandating. I'm no longer the prison warden. I'm a coach. And that's part of what we have to do as parents just a little bit better and recognizing opportunities for doing that, if that makes sense. Yeah, I like that. Okay. Um, Next question. I saw one about birds and the bees. Oh, should we do that one? Oh, I didn't see a birds and the bees one. Where's oh, that? It's on the, the Facebook page I saw. Oh, let's, you, talk, let's go there. How do you t- talk to your kids about the birds and the bees? Yes. And so my experience, I would say with my older kids, it was like this tiptoeing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't, this is so uncomfortable for me. So uncomfortable for you. So we've done it in the way where Kevin goes to their, if our boys, Kevin's gone to their maturation program thing. Right. And our girls all go. Well, during the program, they mention some things, but they don't mention everything. There's a lot to talk about. And so both of us will take the child after and say, okay, here's how it's going down. Like, we're talking about this. And we just go at it. We just talk. So with my other kids, I, I, I am very blunt. I feel like the older my kids get, the more I feel like, If I'm honest with them, they're honest with me. 
And if I sit and try to pretend or try to tiptoe around it and try to, then it's, it's more uncomfortable for them. If I'm straight up, like this is what, how sex is. Here's what, and I always say like, this is my, here's my thoughts on sex. Mm -hmm. I don't give a right and a wrong because Mm -hmm. I, I don't know that it, it's as black and white as I was taught. Mm -hmm. And so it's with my kids, it's like, here's why I would like you to wait till you're older. Here's why I would, I waited till I was married. Here's the consequences of if you don't, you know, it's, I, and honestly, we have sex talks at my house all the time. That's one of the most successful things you can do as a parent when it comes to the sex talk is make it a regular conversation. Just like the touch points things I was talking about before. That is, that's perfect. Like anytime we've had so many nights and you know what? My, our best talks have been at like midnight when they'll come, everyone comes home and we're kind of sitting in the Mm -hmm. kitchen, getting ready for bed. You know, everyone's getting ready to go up to their rooms and it's like, I'll just ask them. Just, I mean, I've straight up said, like, have you had sex? Are you wanting to have sex? If, especially if they have a, a significant other, like a boyfriend or girlfriend. I'm like, are you thinking about sex? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's my thoughts. Here's why I wouldn't. It pulls the shame out of it and mm-hmm. it creates an equal ground conversation where you can help your kids Learn about the things that are most dangerous with sex. Mm-hmm. For teenage girls, it's safe to say, the biggest thing you have to worry about is sexual assault. Yeah. You have to worry about your safety. You have to worry about when you say no, do you have an out? That's a thing girls have to worry about. And if you don't talk about that to your kid, that, that, that's a really difficult situation to put a teenager into that they've never talked about before because you don't know how to navigate something like that. And statistics on sexual assault for young girls, it's out of control. Listen to the Sexy Mike episode. It's reported a third of women will be sexual, sexually assaulted in your life. That's reported. We think it's double or more than that. So if you're listening to this, one in three of your daughters throughout their lifetime will be sexually assaulted and report it. Two in three of your daughters will likely be sexually assaulted. One of them will likely not report it. That's the statistic. So with girls, this talk is not just something that you can dance around. It's a constant conversation that you start with them very, very, very young. Obviously, this is near and dear to my heart, not only because I have a daughter, but because the vast majority of the women that I work with have sexual trauma from when they're younger. And so I've done my own research into what I'm going to be doing with my daughter. And um, I was, uh, we stumbled onto a book called, well, told to read this book called What's Happening to Me. You can get on Amazon, $10.95. There's a boy's version and a girl's version. It, I, I just looked it up here. It is, I've read it, we read it with Ezra. And I'm, I'm no expert at this, right? I've never had a teenager. I have a 12-year-old. But this book is awesome. It goes through step-by-step step what's happening to you through puberty, what sex is. It even gets into, for the boys, what periods are, what um, the anatomy of a woman looks like, what if it's painful, if it's not. It talks about consent. It talks about... Um, being gay, it talks about attraction, it talks about gender identity. I mean, this book is it's amazing, and it's written in this really simple language um, by people who know what they're talking about. And so I read the book first, Brittany and I read the book first, and then Ezra and I, for about two weeks, just sat down when we had time, and we read three, four, five pages yeah, I together. Love that. We've never We've never done anything like that, and I think that's a really good idea. Yeah, and... and and the point being is I want to make this a constant conversation and that's what the research says to do is make a constant conversation with your children about this. They have one for for girls as well and it goes into the same types of things about keeping your body safe, how do you protect yourself, what are the right questions, go out in groups, be together. If you get in alone with a boy, make sure you have vetted this boy, that kind of stuff. I mean, these are things that girls just don't, do no they don't and they need to realize this it happens easier and more often like matt saying that people think and the thing is aside from even sexual trauma like i i told all my kids i'm like when you have sex you are making a decision that you could possibly be a parent right you can be on birth control you can be on 
you have a condom. You can do everything that you thought you're supposed to do to not have a baby. And guess what? You can still have a baby. Truth. And so I've told my kids, I'm like, don't have sex until you're ready to be a parent because mm-hmm. you just don't know. Right. So that is a consequence. Another consequence we've talked about is just that connection. That is so much stronger than just hugging, kissing. It's this connection that you may emotional. never get rid of. This, yeah. yeah. Bonding. There's, a, yeah. there's, a, there's an emotional bonding that happens. When you're having sexual intercourse with another person, the amount of oxytocin flowing through your body is unmatched. And you connect with this person on a whole nother level, especially when you're young, and that type of feeling is something you've never had before. I mean, you talk about, and there's this, you know, euphemism of your first. That's a real thing. That is a real thing. Neurologically, that's a real thing. Yep. And girls and boys need to be aware of this. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I, I guess the biggest thing for me is I, what I would tell people is, you know, like I said, my kids aren't perfect. They've had things happen, things, they've done things that I'm like, that I don't always agree with. I don't always wish it would have happened. But I want them to understand when I was, like I said, when I was growing up, it was don't do this. If you do, you're bad. Right. Stop doing that. Yeah. The judgment. Yeah. Just start, just tell them why. They don't, doesn't mean they're bad. Doesn't mean they're a terrible person. Doesn't mean they're, you know, skank or whatever those words, slut, those words we always used growing up. Mm -hmm. Just let them know. Here's the reasons why. Be straight up and honest with them. These are the reasons why I would like you not to. If something were to happen, and this is what I've talked with all my kids, if, do I want you to have sex? No. But if you decide to make that choice, please let me, it, like I told Hallie before, I said, if you ever need birth control, no questions asked. I will get it for you. Because you, you think I'm giving her permission? She's going to do what she's going to do. It's like same thing with condoms. I said the totally. same thing to my boys. I said, if you ever need condoms, I will get them, no questions asked. And this is not a permission thing, and this is not a moral thing. This is a what we know. I mean, you're, you're saying what you guys do as a family. Mm-hmm. What we know works for teenagers is that. This is what is recommended. I mean, we all hope that our yeah. children will not be promiscuous, right? Yeah. That's I don't I don't know anybody that wants their children to go out and have sex. I don't. I don't want my teenagers having sex. Mm. But I more than that don't want them to get STDs and I don't want them to get pregnant. So there's that fine line and I felt like like I said the more open and honest you are with each other, the more you can understand that. Yeah. I love it. So hopefully that works. I still got Beautiful. a few more. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> right? David. You actually have experience with this. My, you're, well, you're two for two unsuccessful with your kids. I love it. You know, well, I don't know if that's true. But. Well, these teenagers. My The nice thing is I will say my teenagers, I've had conversations because we talk about it a lot and their friends joke about the fact that we have sex talks at our house way too often and that's fine. But because their friends are over and it's, we still talk about it. It's like, hey, here's what's going to happen. Be careful. You know, we have similar talks with drinking, with alcohol, with drugs, Mm -hmm. with, it's like, do I want you to do any of these things? No. And they know that. They know that I would rather them not do any of them. And I've explained why and I've explained the consequences of all of it. But if my child ends up drinking, would I rather them fake it and pretend and try to drive home or call me? Call me 100%. And I tell them every time, you will get in so much more trouble if you try to drive home or if you try to fake it. Call me. I will pick you up and we'll have a conversation. I'm not going to be mad, but we are going to talk about it. Awesome. Let's jump into substances stuff because I did get a few questions about that. I think it's important that we be be, be honest with ourselves about the world that our teens are living in <laughs> when it comes to substances. Okay? okay. Realistically, it is easier for your kids to get opioids than it is for them to get weed or alcohol. A hundred percent. Because those opioids are coming from your medicine cabinet or your neighbor's medicine cabinet or his friends at school's neighbor's medicine cabinet. Um, this is something that we have to 
begin to understand as a society as we move forward with the most deadly health crisis in the history of our nation, which is opioids. opioid crisis, right? We've talked about it before. Um, just to be redundant, you're more likely to die from an overdose if you're under 50 than any other cause. Last year, 173,000 deaths due to opioids. Or drug overdose, not opioids. Okay, so the question is, what what do you do? So do you hide your medicine? Do you put them like for instance, for us, I will say we're lucky. We have a huge safe in our house, so we keep anything that I'm worried about with my children. Any op- opioids, we keep any. I mean. We're not real big drug users, so that's not an issue, but that's where I would keep it. Well, guns, alcohol, right? I mean, any hard anything that could alcohol, kill my kid, I'm going to put in a yep, safe. We keep in the safe. Any gun, our guns are in the safe. Yeah. So, any of those types of things we lock in the safe. Our kids know that. It's not even, it's not even a thought because no one knows the code besides Kevin and I, and that's it. That so, is a, a gold standard for what to do with dangerous household items. Not as I say, what everybody if you don't do have, this. What, it, what if, if you, you don't have that? That's right. not always been an option for us. Go buy a safe. That would be option two. Okay. Option three would be similar to what we just talked about. Um, so they have a program in school. So when we were kids, they had the D.A.R.E. program, and that failed abysm- miserably. Like it actually, we've now learned that it has contributed to our drug problem. <laughs> There's I re- research to support I remember this. being in it, so it's kind of... Dare was a, a trash fest of garbage. <laughs> I mean... I have, like, cop friends and clients to talk about Dare and every, people. It, it's just, it's a shame. So the new um, program that they have now is NOVA. And the NOVA program, I'm actually involved through the elementary school a little bit with the NOVA program. They have, like, a, a, parent, a parenting course. And there's a lot of good stuff in there that I like. There's some stuff that's kind of like old research that we don't really believe anymore. It's a, it's a good start. The problem with relying on the government to teach our kids anything is they're going to be based in stuff that's 10 to 15 years old. I'm very current on this stuff. I read it all the time. I'm up to date. I've, I've volunteered with organizations that work in addiction. I work in an addiction facility. I know what works. And the research is very clear on what works. Your kids need to talk to you openly about what they are doing when they are not home. You need to create a relationship with your children in which they can come to you and they can say, listen, Johnny is smoking weed and I'm curious about it. And you need to be able to sit there next to your kid and look at him and have a conversation about marijuana, what it is, what it looks like, what happens, what the consequences are, is it a gateway drug, is it not? These are things that parents need to research and learn themselves. And you, in your hand, most likely right now, the device that you are using to listen to this podcast is your resource. Do your homework. That is rule number one when it comes to drugs and alcohol. Do your homework. Don't listen to some old guy at church Don't listen to some old guy who did the 12 steps. Don't listen to your neighbor who tells you some theory. Don't even listen to us. Go do your own research and understand what best practice is for dealing with the opioid crisis with children. This will kill your kids. I do this every day, and people are... It's astronomical, the problem. I I can't even wrap my head around it. And it breaks my heart because I sit down with these parents and the first thing my parent, the parents say to me when they look at me when I'm coaching their kids through their addiction problem is, I had no idea. This came out of nowhere. I thought he was a 4.0 student and there was no problems. The second question I usually ask them is, well, what are you going to do about it? I don't know. That's why we're here. My response to that is always and will forever be, go do your research. There, we know what to do. We have the answers to these problems. You can Google. How do I help my teenager? How do I teach my kids how, how to deal with drugs and alcohol? We know what to do. So, And I think the thing is, too, I mean, drugs is a different story, right? When something's illegal, and alcohol is illegal for teenagers, too. And I don't, 
like I said, I don't ever tell my kids like this is okay, but also saying abstinence on everything. That's yes. I want you to do this, but shaming them for not doing exactly what you said and how you wanted them to, that is not going to work either. Doesn't work. And so it's like to say, for instance, my son goes away to college and I tell him, do not drink. Okay. <laughs> like, come on. Like, anyone who's listening to this, I realize not everyone drank in college, but a lot of people drink in college right. and you party. So I said to him, I would rather you not drink. And here's the reasons why. You know, one, you're underage, so it's illegal. Two, there's a lot of damage you can still do to your brain. You're still young and growing and all these things. Anyways, we had that conversation. And then I said, now, am I stupid and think that you're not going to ever try anything? No, I'm not. Right. And I assume you may. But when you do, here's what I would like you to do. I would like you to be responsible. I'd like you to be smart. I'd like you to not drive. I'd like to. And it was a real conversation. And you know what? When he did go to college and he did drink, he told me. And then we talked about it. And I talked about Still, here's why I would rather you not do it, you know? And But it was never like a shaming, I think you're a bad person. Mm-mm. It was more like, I love you, and I want you to be safe. Right. And that's it. And that leaves the door open for further conversations, which is what we need to do as parents, is have these constant conversations with our kids. This will be the theme throughout all night, folks. Constantly touching base with your kids. Creating yeah. an open dialogue around these subjects. Um, where it's not so taboo. It's not so like, Oh crap. Is she going to talk to me about this? It's like, no, we talk about it every time. Every time my kids were all around, we talk about sex. We talk about drugs. We talk about drinking. We talk about everything. It's an open conversation. Yes. One last thing on the old, uh, the, the drug subject basically, and this is gospel, uh, according to Matt now, when it comes to some substances, they have value and they do have helped people. The vast majority of people that use substances actually don't become addicted to them and use it in an unhealthy manner. However, when they start at a young age, using substances in an unhealthy manner is much more likely. That's the danger. And that's why it's important that you explain to your kids, listen, there's a time and a place, man. You're 14 years old. You don't need to drink right now. Yeah. You're 16 years old. Do your thing. Go have fun. Go play. Go be a child. You're going to get to college, and you're going to have plenty of time to do all sorts of different kinds of stuff. I'm not stupid. People experiment. All sorts of different drugs. You're going to listen to uh, the Joe Rogan podcast, and he's going to tell you up and down why you should go do hallucinogens and why you should go <laughs> uh, smoke a bunch of weed. And you're going to listen to the coolest rapper dude, and he's going to talk about doing syrup. Yeah. Right? Doing all the drugs. That's what, that's what well, they so live here's in. my question too. So I've thought of, like with my kids, I've told them my experiences. I've tried multiple different things in my life, mm-hmm. and I've talked to them about it. Now, I think some people would think that's wrong because I now they look at me and they're like, oh, my mom's done this, so why can't I try it? But I just, I have not had most, I've had some bad experiences with it. And I wanted them to know, like, hey, I tried this, and guess what it did to me? Yeah. And guess how I felt? And I hated it. And your dad's tried this and this, and let me just tell you his experiences on it, you know? Now, maybe if I had a great experience and I loved it, maybe I wouldn't share. <laughs> Truth. But, I, and that, so I think some people are like, well, I don't want my kids to know my dirty secrets. And it's like, I get that, but at the same time, I would say in our experience is it's opened up a lot of conversation of, okay, you tried this. Well, what did, what happened? What? And we've been able to be super honest with our kids about our past lives and what we would have done different. They may not, they may choose to go down the same path, but I feel like how are they ever going to know if you don't tell them? They have no idea what you've done. And there's varying levels of vulnerability. Yes. Right. And it's not, this open door policy of like, here's everything that's ever happened. And it's It's been different principles depending on the age of our children. For sure. Exactly. My oldest child knows a lot more about my life than my (laughs) 12 and 14 year olds. Yes. I don't tell them a lot of things yet. There will be a time and a place that I do tell them things. Well, yeah, that's, 
Beautiful. Um, you got any more over there? You want me to rattle off some? We're good. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. We're going to shift gears. Um, let's get away from teenagers. Let's talk about little kids. Oh, teaching kids about teasing, online bullying at even a young age, being kinder to everyone, and, oh, I love this, and overall not to judge. Bullying. How? And this is a huge one, right? Because, uh, man, kids are, um, they're dying from bullying. Kids are taking their own lives. I mean, on the daily, you're seeing, the most recent one I saw is this 10-year-old little boy tried to kill himself because of bullying. And this was yesterday. And he's now on life support. And they're rallying around him and they have this GoFundMe going for him. And who knows how many other kids are in that same situation. Well, it's, it's, it's a big it's deal. It's really easy to bully yeah. behind a screen. It is. That's and, the problem. And these kids, what we have to do, one, is figure out if our kid is the bully. That's step one. Most people assume that their kid is the one being bullied. Reality check, people. Some of you are kind of assholes and your kids are assholes too. Uh, Maybe I, not listen to this podcast, but that's the I truth. Because some people's one, kids are bullying. Are you a bully? Because yes. you know what? I have been shocked by the shit people will say on Facebook and this, the trash talking they'll say. I look at some of these adults and I'm like, the trolling thing. You should be embarrassed of yourself. Like, so you want your kid? You tell your kids to be nice and to not talk ugly or talk mean. And then you turn around and the things you say to people and your reactions, I'm like, really? Like, you that's a double standard. Mm-hmm. And if you think your kids don't notice, they do, and they're going to be just like you. It's true. And I, yeah, that's step one. Is your kid the bully? Again, rehashing the touch point concept. Know your freaking kids. Talk to them. Are they kind? Do they judge? Are they empathic? You can know this if you're close with your children, right? So that's step one. Step two with the bullying thing is there's there's this uh, principle. Okay, I'm trying not, try not to be too therapisty and just and and keep this as as simple as possible. Where do I get my sense of worth? Do I look to other people and ask them? if I'm valuable or do I look in and ask me if I'm valuable? That is a principle you can start teaching kids at a very, very young age. Bullying provides opportunities to teach that lessons to children. If you are touch base, touching base with your children frequently enough and they start talking to you about bullying, it's a really great time to open up this conversation of listen for your entire life. You're going to have opportunities to look elsewhere outside of yourself and ask other people if you're doing well if you're okay if you're good you're going to look at your girlfriend you're going to look at your friends you're going to look at me you're going to look at whoever and that's where you're going to get your sense of if you're okay from you can teach kids otherwise because my kid doesn't need a trophy to be okay with himself my kid doesn't need an accolade to be okay with himself but if he comes home with a B minus, and I scold him for it, guess what I'm starting to reinforce? Being externally validated, looking to scores for his self-worth. If my kid comes home and after a, a basketball game and he's lost and I criticize him for his play, guess what I'm teaching him? External locus of control, external validation. Instead, what you can do after those tough moments with your kids before the bullying happens, is say, listen, bud, listen, girl, listen, friend, child, who I love more than anything in the world, you played well, you did well, you are enough. You can say that in a million different ways. If that's the baseline of your message that you're teaching your kid, the kid's going to get bullied. He can get bullied now, and he can look at that bully, and he can walk away with his head held high. Granted, that's not always the case, and we need to have these frequent touch points, but that's my opinion on how we deal with kids and bullying. No, I totally agree. And I think it's interesting sometimes I'll be, you know, driving in the car with kids because I feel like that's probably where so many of my conversations happen with my teenagers because I'm driving them to some sporting event or some activity, 
and I'll make them take their headphones out and talk to me for a minute. And they'll tell me certain things like, hey, this happened at school today or um, just tonight my daughter is telling me about not even a situation, just things that happen regularly, right? And how they talk to each other. And I just kind of sat and listened and then I was like, okay, so why, why do you have to be bothered? Why does that bother you? Why do you react like that? Like, okay, so uh, a girl's lying to her. She's telling a lie. She's telling, it's like a fib, right? And I'm like, okay, so look at it this way. She needs to exaggerate something in her life to fit in with you. Yeah. So awesome. that's fine. If that's what she needs, that's fine. Let her have that. You recognize that you don't like that and try not to do that to people in the future. That's all you got. You only can control you. You can't control what other people do. Now, I would honestly say, for me, bullying is such a big deal. I, I do try to keep tabs on my kids a little bit, but I don't know. And if someone else were to know, I wouldn't mind being told in the right way. So if there was another mom that said, hey, you know, this kind of happened. I'm not trying to, like, bash on your kid, but I just wanted to let you know what happened. I'm okay with that. Now, the same mom say comes to me and says, your kid did this and this and this. Immediately, I'm going to be like, don't you start ripping on my kid. I'll kill you. Like, I will, I will mess you up. Do you know what I'm saying? There's oh, totally. a way to handle it. There's a way to deal with it. And most parents, I think, don't mind knowing if it's communicated properly. So that way, it's like, let's have a conversation. You know, my kid might have done this, but I, I know this happened. Can we both talk to our kids and kind of help the situation, diffuse it, you know what I mean, instead of the blame game. Like, Your kid did this, and my kid's perfect, and it's, it's all crap. So let's just stop doing it and start communicating with each other. All so right. that way we can all, and I, I still say first and foremost, be aware of what you're doing. Be aware of what you're putting on Facebook. Be aware of what you're saying when your kids are around. Because that is a huge, if they see you not bullying totally. and shutting things down or helping someone that is in need, that's the best thing. You give that example, that's a huge thing. Model, 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 mm -hmm. model. The behavior you want to see in your children because they don't do what you say. We all know this. Yes. They don't. <laughs> Ten, there's five or six questions on here that are about chores, right? How do I get my kid to do my chores? Do the chores with your kids. Done. There's your, there's your simple answer to this, which sucks. But you know I what? Know, there is a the point. I, I would say that's all of my kids, when they start doing chores when they're little, I always do it with them for a while. You just and do it next to them. And then they do it. They end up, it's a habit. It becomes normal. And you know what? I think there's a huge part with the whole chore thing. I always tell my kids, I'm like, because I know some people give like um, allowance, right, for chores. I don't. Because I'm like, this is part of being in a family. Mm -hmm. In a family, we all have roles. And your role is this. And my role is this. And that's okay. But if I'm paying you, that means you're doing something extra. And there's something to be said for just being a part of a family and taking care of each other. And I don't, you don't need to get paid for that. So Truth. We're, we're the same way. We don't pay for chores. We have mm -hmm. extra chores yeah. that are bonuses that yeah. you can elect to do. And I'll pay you for those. But... One of our, our family motto is same team. We say all the time, hashtag same team. We're all in this together. We're on the team. We're working towards our goal of being kind and loving and honest and caring. And part of being loving and honest and caring is taking care of your sister and your brother and me and mom. And guess how you do that tonight? You load the dishwasher. Guess mm -hmm. how you do that tomorrow? You pick up the dog poo. Guess how you do that next day? You keep your room clean, right? That's, that's part of this process. So in classic Finding Strength fashion, we got through only a few questions, <laughs> and we didn't want to make this super long, but I do want to share some of the parenting. Uh, we asked a question, what, what are some awesome or funny stories that you have about parent wins or fails? I'm going to share a couple of them. This one, th this one I absolutely love. Where'd it go? Um, where did it go? My, I, my four-year-old told her preschool teacher, 
My mom is stopping at four kids so she doesn't lose her shit. (laughs) (laughs) When I picked her up that day, her teacher said, I feel you. I'm a four kid mom too. (laughs) So good. uh, Love it. Love it. Okay. Next. I brought clothes out to help my two boys get dressed one morning for school. I thought I had grabbed two pairs of boxers, but only found one. So I went back to get a second pair. That evening, I was helping one son get undressed for the bath and noticed he had two pair of boxers on. I asked him about it, and he said, Mom, you put two pair on me this morning. He didn't say anything as he thought I knew what I was doing. <laughs> Mystery solved. <laughs> to, to unwear the second pair of boxers went. That is an obedient child. What a Good sweet on kid. him. Okay. Um, yesterday, our seven-year-old just spray-painted our neighbor's basement gold. Their son, too. Desk, wall, bike, Christmas tree, decorations, and cement floor. Really sad, frustrating, embarrassing, and mostly painful to explain the impact. They have no concept of money loss or empathy. Aww. We want to ground him for life. I read that one last because I've been there because my kid spray painted the neighbor's fence and I had to clean it up <laughs> and have him clean it up. And because when I was a kid, I like keyed my neighbor's car on purpose and yeah. Yep, we've had that. We've had the ruined stuff. We've had, I can't even tell you how many times my Hallie, when she was younger, ruined people's makeup. Makeup's expensive. Yeah. I had to buy new makeup for people regularly. Because we'd go to a friend's house, family, grandma's house, and Hallie would disappear. And all of a sudden, I'm like, crap. What do we do now? She'd be in the bathroom breaking lipsticks, breaking just those cosmetic things. I was like, oh my gosh. The worst. Here's the thing, though. I will say that stuff's rough. For but sure. Man, being a parent, I've talked about this many times, to teenagers or to adult children, that stuff's no joke. I'll take the broken lipstick 10 times over right now because it's a whole different world when they're older and they have real problems. The consequences are a lot higher. Yeah. They're and real. I, it's yeah. like this is this is the real world now. And it's rough when you see your kids kind of get smacked down by the real world and you got to explain like, yeah, it's, it's hard. But guess what? It can be awesome. Mm-hmm. But you're, it's going to be hard sometimes too. Super true. Um, we did not even get close to answering all these questions. No. And you know what? I, one of them that I liked, she's, they said, how do you teach your kids not to judge? <clears throat> and I would say the yep. biggest thing, we all judge. We try really hard not to. I feel like I try so hard not to, but I do. It's, it's human nature. It's what we do, but we're constantly trying to fix that, right? And I feel like with my kids, I hope that if they continually see me fix that and times when I correct myself and say, okay, yes, I judge that person and I try to go back and fix it and say, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. And they hear me do that. I'm hoping that they will follow suit. I'm hoping that they see, okay, yes, I make mistakes and I judge sometimes, but I can apologize. I can change that. Totally. I can fix that. You totally. know, it's not all just a crap shoot. They're, they're going to watch. They pay attention. My kids, they, <laughs> they listen around every corner. <laughs> mm-hmm. totally. When I think Kevin and I are having like a private conversation, the next day they'll be like, I heard what you were talking about. I'm like, <laughs> Awesome. So if you think they're not hearing, you are wrong. Uh, I love it. So there's there's a bunch of questions on here that I think I can answer all at once and just kind of my little wrap-up thing. Um, like, how do I tell my, my parents, like grandparents, how do I tell them what to do? How do I co-parent um, with, you know, after a divorce or separation? How do I parent stepchildren? How do I approach other parents who aren't parenting their kids the way I might want to? If you guys sit down with your kids, take two hours out of your life, give everybody a piece of paper, and have every person write down what they think the family values should be, you will solve the vast majority of your problems because you've just created a constitution. There's a reason why our country works. Despite many people at this current juncture trying to destroy it, apparently, we have this great thing called the constitution where it supersedes any human error because we go to this document and we say, what's the answer to my problems? And the document says, this is what you should do. We vote on this document, a principle you can use in your family as well. We create it together. 
it is based in true principles that have been around for millennia. So sit down with your kids, take two hours, and write your family constitution. I suggest five values that your family can rely on to make every decision from here on out. Those five values, you plaster them on the wall. You tattoo them on your kids' arms. You do whatever you need to do. You, so re- when, you repeat it before they walk out the door right, every day. <laughs> because So when grandma comes over and she says some weird thing that you're not okay with, you bring grandma over to the wall and say, Grandma, whether it's mother-in-law or mother, look, these are our values. What you're doing right now doesn't fit in the family values. Sorry, Mom. Can you please do this instead? It makes things so much easier. And you don't even have to parent your kids anymore the way you used to because you just say, does that fit with the family values? Here's why we do this. Well, why do we have to do this? Why do we have to go to church on Sunday? Or why do we not go to church on Sunday anymore? Because this fits our family values. And it, it, it's the number one thing I do with family therapy stuff. And it is gold. And I learned this forever ago. And I absolutely love it. And I like so that. We haven't that done shot. quite that. I'm going to do that. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's magic. I would say one thing, too, with... I was just reading this today um, with how to deal with other parents, how to deal with this, how to deal with people in general. And this is a hard thing for me, but I totally believe in it. You, If we assume that everybody is doing their best, then how, how angry can you be? Love right? It. Like everybody is legitimately trying. We are all trying to be good parents. We may be doing it differently, but we are trying our best to be good parents. So give people a little slack and assume they're doing their best. It may not be what you think, but maybe it's the best they can do at that time. Beautiful. Boom. Thank you. <laughs> this is fun as you and me sitting down, <laughs> chatting about parenting something we're so good at seriously I was like Kevin I have to go talk about parenting (laughs) I tell my kids all the time just so you know I don't know what I'm doing you're a great mom I hope that you take my mistakes and learn from them and you're a better parent than me that humility is what makes you guys good parents and I I, seriously Brindy and I like we like look at you guys and like watch you guys because we think you're good parents because you have older kids and we're we're really like okay I think yeah we can kind of do a little more like that and we really evaluate us based off you guys so it's pretty right I'm glad well I just whenever my kids like criticize me or anything I'm like good well I (laughs) I hope you take that and I hope you're a better mom than me like I'm not offended I I hope you learn from me I learned a lot from what I didn't like that my parents did take what you learn and move on you should start a why I'm not going to parent like my mom journal and write down all (laughs) the things that you think I'm bad at I'd love to see that in 20 years that's actually a brilliant idea okay I'm saying that next time I love it so Thank you, everybody, um, for listening to the Finding Strength podcast every week. We love it. We appreciate you guys. We could not be more appreciative of the support we get. I mean, we got flooded with questions. We had like 30-some-odd questions. For, well, I can't even know. And we love your questions. Keep oh, them coming. So good. Or if there's a subject that you're like, you know what? I would really yes. like you to talk about this. Tell us. We have a few people in mind, and I've been thinking about a lot, some different people that are different situations. Mm-hmm. But there's so many stories and trials and, you know, good things that have happened in people's lives that we want to hear about. So tell us, say, hey, you know, this actually really interests me. Could you talk about this or could you have someone on? Yeah. We'd love to hear that. That's awesome. Your feedback's awesome. Thank you. And if you would not mind going and giving us a five-star review on iTunes or the through the podcast app or whatever, wherever you get your podcast, just go on there, leave us a review, five stars. We could not be more appreciative of that. Share the episodes, like them, um, listen to them. We have 10, we're like 13,000 something. It's, it's, it's awesome. So we want to keep this thing going, keep it, keep it growing. And we appreciate you again. Um, also support the Brighten the Day Foundation if you can. If you feel like there's a donation that you want to make or a charitable organization that you want to donate to brightenaday.org is the place to go. As well, if you need a therapist, I could be that guy. A lot of questions on here about teenagers. I work with teenagers and I work with kids all the time. Yep. It's one of my uh, loves in life that I don't get to do as often as I was as I would like. 
However, I, I absolutely adore working with kids, and I have several clients right now that are kids that are freaking awesome. So if you're having struggles or with even your teens... family therapy. Family therapy. Matt's done family therapy with my family, and it was hugely helpful, more than I ever thought it would be. So yeah. something that's, if you know, you feel like just things are out of whack. Why not try it out? Yeah, it, a, a single family therapy session where I come to your house and do a family therapy-like deal... I've created a format that I, I absolutely have got amazing results with yeah, people. It, it it's really, amazing. really cool. So it use, actually uses like some EMDR stuff, mm-hmm. and I can do it in like a group format. It's pretty fantastic. If I do say so myself. Yeah. Oh, we, we've taken full advantage of maps. <laughs> <laughs> it's been amazing. No, it's so. definitely a mutually beneficial relationship, 100%. So uh, I think that's all the things we need to put. Pl- we need to plug anything else? No. Promote anything else? I think we're good. Promote? Nope. But hey, you ever want to... Put your name on our podcast. Let me oh, know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sponsors. Sponsors. We always need sponsors. You want some good guests? We need some sponsors. We need some sponsors. <laughs> True. Yeah. We've got a couple people right now that we could get. We just need to like be able to promote the fact that we get that. Anyway, yeah. So. Anyways, you guys are awesome. Thank you. Appreciate All it. All of you. We love you.